Hello, welcome to Planet Classroom. I am Orb. Join me as your virtual guide on a journey of global learning called Planet Classroom. You will hear stories from artists, musicians, dancers, technologists, game makers, filmmakers, innovators, and creators of all kinds from around the world. It's time to engage our imaginations, share our ideas, and explore solutions for a brighter future for all. Our planet is a classroom where learning together brings us together. What happened to meaning? What happened to people being interested in who I am? How is it that education became so devoid of curiosity? And how is it that this process generally makes me feel so lousy about myself and I'm paying for it? It's a cultural statement about a culture that no longer values the educational process in a way that I think feeds and nurtures people's souls and hearts. That was a clip from Chelsea Jackson's film Tuning the Student Mind. Set at the College for Creative Studies in Detroit, the film follows the journey of three students enrolled in Professor Molly Beauregard's curriculum and illustrates how her approach creates both good scholars and students who develop deep, self-reflective awareness that supports wellness practices. We are talking about youth mental health and well-being on Planet Classroom. UNICEF's On My Mind 2021 report underscored the mental health challenges children and adolescents are facing. It is estimated that more than 13% of adolescents aged 10 to 19 live with a diagnosis mental disorder. Anxiety and depression account for around 40% of the disorders. For the publication of their new book, The Real World of College, Harvard Graduate School of Education's Dr. Howard Gardner and Dr. Wendy Fishman analyzed in-depth interviews with more than 2,000 individuals across 10 disparate colleges and universities in the United States. To their surprise, mental health was the biggest issue on college campuses. Today on Planet Classroom, we will hear from Dr. Wendy Fishman and film director Chelsea Jackson. We will learn about strategies that schools and young leaders are implementing to address mental health issues in their communities. Finally, we will share ideas from youth about this critical global issue. My name is Wendy Fishman. I live in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and I am on Planet Classroom. Mental health on the college campus was not the focus in the scholarly or popular press 10 years ago. Along with the public, we heard much more about the finances in terms of the cost of college, alcohol and safety, and free speech. But in our study, those topics paled in comparison to the concerns about mental health. When we asked students why they perceive their mental health to be a big problem in college, 
They did not discuss the reasons we might have predicted, including social media, a feeling of alienation or trouble fitting in, depression, or feelings of inadequacy or not being able to do the work. Instead, more than half of the students discussed the pressure to achieve external measures of success, to get good grades, to secure internships, get jobs, to build a perfect resume. In fact, some students talk about the importance of perfection and effortless perfection. Not only do they feel pressure to be perfect, but to make it look as if performing well is natural and takes no work. We also find that faculty and administrators do not volunteer this rationale. Rather, they describe the problems we might have expected. Things like loneliness, living away from home, balancing schoolwork with other priorities like paid work or family life for those not residing on campus, and financial issues. This lack of agreement or understanding, this misalignment is troubling. We wonder and we worry about how well faculty and administrators know their students and vice versa. Perhaps one of the silver linings of the pandemic is that as a country and globally, we seem to be more sensitive to general mental health issues. Certainly for higher education in 2022, this seems to be a major area of concern where it was rarely discussed publicly in 2012 when we started our study. It seems that part of a recovery plan is building awareness and more understanding for mental health issues. The phrase, it's okay not to be okay, has become common on social media. It is even the title of a Netflix series. In terms of my own thoughts about recovery, based on the learnings of our study, it seems that increasing the number of mental health counselors and building up centers is a start, but can only go so far. Most faculty don't feel comfortable taking on the role of therapist, but it can only be good for students if there is an adult who knows them and to have someone with whom they can talk about goals, how to think about them, and how education can help to achieve those goals. One more idea. Based on the learnings of our study, it seems that if students had a different high school experience, a less transactional experience, they may be better off coming to college and entering adulthood. The purpose of high school has become getting into college rather than preparing one for college. From early ages, we need to model what the mission of education is, expanding the mind, rather than sending the message that the point of their education is simply to get to the next step of life. That, in and of itself, is depressing. Supported by the World Health Organization, the United Nations Foundation, and the Big Six Youth Organizations, Global Youth Mobilization is a movement of young people taking action to improve the lives of their peers in a post-COVID-19 world. We are pleased to welcome their youth leaders, ambassadors, and awardees to Planet Classroom. Hi, I'm Jaden Parsons. I'm a young project manager from Australia, currently leading the World of Wellbeing Project on behalf of the YMCA and Global Youth Mobilisation. And I'm really excited to be here on Planet Classroom. 
One of my favourite takeaways from the work of Dr. Fishman and Dr. Gardner was the reference to the need for colleges to go back to basics. This is something I have spoken about regularly throughout the pandemic myself, but in a broader social context. The opportunity to innovate and truly understand our missions in whatever we may do creates a level of intentionality that has at times been absent in our business, as usual, pre-COVID-19. Core to almost all of these things, and even more so, almost everything we do is human interaction. And the social economic background or geographical location of a young person does not change this. The importance of human interaction has become even more apparent during the COVID-19 pandemic, where the challenges of limitations on human interaction and more specifically increased isolation has become a key challenge each and every one of us has faced. I have watched a significant number of my colleagues' enthusiasm and general demeanour dramatically suffer at the hands of this isolation, particularly those in cities that have been forced into lengthy periods of lockdown. One of the benefits of this experience has been the opportunity to innovate our practices and find new ways to support each other. The World of Wellbeing project I have been fortunate enough to be a part of is attempting to do exactly this. After significant consultation and co-design labs with an intergenerational cohort from across the globe, we were provided a number of concepts that were in one way or another an opportunity to support the mental health and wellbeing of young people, all with the context of the pandemic in our minds. While still very much in development, we seek to engage with young people to understand their mental health issues, then to connect them with contextually relevant support services. So for me, the focus is very much on trying to find ways to still meaningfully connect with one another, despite not necessarily being able to be in the same physical space. I empathise with professionals who were forced into this from the onset, such as teachers and medical professionals. But without a pandemic of this sort, innovation of this kind may have been a lot slower to arise, if at all. My name is Inga Miloswowska, I'm a psychologist and a scout leader, and I am part of the Scouting for Balance initiative and helpline staff in the Polish Scouting and Guiding Association. I am on Planet Classroom. The Polish Scouting and Guiding Association uh, is a part of the WASM, uh, which is one of the biggest youth organizations worldwide. Scouting in Poland is predominantly managed by young adults. The majority of our volunteers are high school or university students, so between 16th and 22 years of age. What we hear from our leaders all around the country during the last couple of years is that they are encountering more and more young people, uh, both among scouts and among other volunteers, struggling with mental health issues. And most of these people have problems getting professional help as there is a critical shortage of mental health institutions for youth in Poland. Roughly 10% of Polish youth under the age of 18 are in need of complex psychological care and there are not enough specialists available to provide it. Moreover, there is still a social stigma that if you seek psychological help, then you must be crazy or over-exaggerating. 
hence many young people shy away from reaching out for the help they need. When the COVID-19 pandemic started in spring of 2020, the problem got even worse. One of the most important things about engaging young people in scouting is the strong feeling of belonging. It is a brotherhood and sisterhood, a reassuring presence that's committed to supporting others. The isolation forced by lockdown, lack of activities and anxiety of living in an unpredictable world left our scouts leaders with challenges way beyond their capacities. They felt overburned, they felt isolated, and they felt helpless. We needed to act immediately. A helpline was created to give everyone easy access to care, whether they lived in a big city or in tiny villages in the middle of nowhere. Our team works in shifts from Monday to Friday. Uh, we are all psychologists and scout leaders, and we use both of these skills to provide psychological first aid to anyone who calls to us. Uh, scouts, scout leaders, sometimes we have uh, even the parents of scouts. If I had one wish, uh, I would really want all youth and young adults in Poland to have easy access to professional mental health care for free. But that is not that easy, so I want to focus more on raising the awareness, at least in our scouting community, that mental health is crucial for the well-being and prosperity of the whole organization, that there is nothing more important than that. If we don't help young people with their struggles today, these struggles will determine their and our future. No one needs to be a hero and try to cope with mental health issues on their own. My name is Ivy Murugi from Kenya and I'm on Planet Classroom. The Scouts Healing Invisible Wounds Initiative was birthed at a time when the world had been hit by the COVID-19 pandemic, which saw an increase in the number of mental health issues reported. Young people are hit hardest and exposed to a wide range of challenges and the stringent measures on social interactions put in place by governments to curb the spread of the virus made it hard for them to connect with friends or even engage in activities that could help them in dealing with the stresses they encountered. Besides the many challenges they were exposed to, the stigma surrounding mental health and mental illness makes it even harder for them to come out and seek psychological support. Where I come from, for example, mental illness is associated with witchcraft and sometimes seen as a punishment bestowed for not fulfilling cultural norms. We try to change this narrative by creating awareness to demystify facts from myths and providing safe spaces where these young people can find that support. Our advocacy entails both online and physical activities, which provides them a chance to gain a deeper understanding of mental health, build their resilience by engaging in positive coping skills, and finding social support. We've been able to build a community of young mental health champions as well, helping us reach more people with information and services all across Kenya. Working through this project has been amazing and we've had incredible achievements. I am proud of the young people taking the lead in creating change and making the world a better place. I would encourage them to keep doing it relentlessly, 
be patient and consistent and celebrate whichever milestones they achieve. They are to be brave, do not be afraid to make mistakes or consult. There is definitely a place for people like you who strive to touch lives and create smiles. I love teaching so much. There's nothing greater than that experience of, of being with students and learning from them and having them be really on fire about whatever it is that we're doing. And just increasingly over the years, I feel that my students more and more and more are coming to school with so much stress that I can't make that fire catch because they're so preoccupied when they're in my class. They're so exhausted. And I was just so filled with this desire to be able to take real academic rigor with real deep rest and bring that together. A, I think it offers great stress release for students, but it also offers great stress release for the institution. My name is Chelsea Jackson. I live in Longmont, Colorado, and I am on Planet Classroom. I met Molly Beauregard when I signed up for her sociology class as a sophomore at the College for Creative Studies. I knew right away that Molly was a special person and a unique teacher, but I didn't know then just how intertwined our lives would become. After our first semester together, Molly chose me as one of two students to learn meditation. She was trying to get a class approved that incorporated meditation into the core curriculum and she needed a couple of students to learn first as a sort of test run. My first experience meditating was a deep dive I'll never forget. I remember coming out of it and immediately calling Molly to ask her how every student could get access to meditation training. Fast forward two years, the class was finally approved and I got to enroll in it during my last semester in senior year. I had been documenting my experience as a student learning meditation for my senior thesis project. Truth be told, documenting this story was very organic and cumulative. I barely realized I had a story until I was well into the process. I know of several students who have shifted the direction of their work after taking her class. For example, several students have developed an interest in documenting stories about community and the environment after taking her class. Some have become art teachers. Some have focused on community-based art making. I think the majority of students leave Molly's class knowing they have something within them changed. And that change helps them streamline their desires into actions that are community-oriented with an emphasis on knowing and loving thyself. I've been feeling a lot less stressed out. I'm discovering the value in, I guess, like experience more than like necessarily just results. It's me sitting there for, you know, 20 minutes not doing anything, but getting this incredible result from it. So that makes me more open to other experiences where I might not necessarily get a physical result, but I know that there's some, some sort of worth in that experience. My name is Alex Silverman. I am from Atlanta, Georgia, and I am on Planet Classroom. I believe Molly Beauregard's story will resonate with young people for the following reason. That reason stems from a question she asks in this short film. That question being, what happened to meaning? It's an important question when addressing mental health. By finding out what happened to an individual's meaning, it can be the first step in a long road of self-discovery. By finding the answer to this question, we might be able to find answers to the other questions Molly Beauregard is posing. 
I do believe that every student in every school and or college can benefit from Molly Beauregard and her work. My main takeaway from this is that now that she helped her students find meaning and their true selves, she also helped them see more clearly with what they want to do with their lives. She's made self-help a top priority, and that is something I realize now should be a top priority as well. My name is Allie Grutchfield. I'm from Savannah, Georgia, and I'm on Planet Classroom. I wholeheartedly believe that Molly Beauregard's story will resonate with young people because of how aptly and accurately she's observed the reality. There are very few adults, I think, who get to witness students' descent into mental illness, but teachers are one of the unlucky few who do. My main takeaway about both this professor and her work is the importance of committing yourself to being better and the positive impact that can have. Once she acknowledged this systematic issue, the professor used her platform and presence in students' lives to create a safe haven. Her work is surprising because it's a part of the student's curriculum, which I think is a huge step in the right direction on a symbolic and subconscious level. Everyone knows that mental health is important, but because school, grades, performance, etc. are all tied to rewards and punishments, optional activities like self-preservation are neglected. This professor is changing the systematic deprioritization of mental health, and I think it's truly incredible. We certainly had a lot of good ideas to share with you today. Thank you to our guests, Dr. Wendy Fishman and Director Chelsea Jackson. Thank you to our youth leaders and awardees from Global Youth Mobilization, Jaden, Iga, and Ivy. Thank you to our film critics, Alex and Allie. That's all, my human friends, for this week. I leave you with a reminder to explore your world, express yourself, discover, create, and use your imagination. Until next time, be kind, be curious, and thank you for listening. Goodbye.